This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another informative show for you. Before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents right here on the WVSA Digital Network. With us today is Erica Lee, Treasury Management Officer at Polka Valley Bank. Erica, welcome to the program. Thanks, Marcus. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you on the show today. Now, the WVSA uh, Beyond the Pitch podcast is a podcast designed to help improve our youth soccer players here in the state of West Virginia. Uh, We're trying to uh, help their performance on the field, but also we take an interest in helping them off the field, whether that be through nutrition, injury prevention, hydration, sleep, so on and so forth. One of the areas that I would like to uh, kind of start getting into is helping our players from other aspects off the field. And one of them being with money and financially, which is the reason why we have Erica on the show today. And we're going to be talking about money, finances, and what we can do to help our youth soccer players start down this great road and hopefully achieve uh, financial success as they get older. Are you ready to answer some questions, Erica? I sure am. Okay, great. Now, why don't we go ahead and start with maybe our younger age group, say eight years old, nine, ten. Um, obviously, we want to teach them money at an early age and talk to, talk to them about responsibilities. And But the one thing that we kind of maybe don't go into is what are some things that our, our, our young kids can do for opportunity? Because, I mean, they can't go out and get a regular job. Um, what are some opportunities that we can teach our young players on how to earn money? So I, I think it's, it's really important for um, the youth to learn how to, to earn money. Um, they could maybe do chores around the house. You could potentially give them a base allowance and then bump that up if they were to do some additional chores, maybe washing the cars, pulling weeds, things like that. Um, Maybe I've heard of parents even working with monopoly money so they're not spending a lot of money out of their pocket and, you know, maybe having some nicer snacks in the pantry. Um, and as they earn more uh, of this money, they can get, you know, better snacks and things like that. So just even if it's not the real money, even if it's, you know, whatever it is, but just having the chance to earn money and really be able to put into perspective, you know, how hard it is to earn that money for what you want. Um and but yeah, I would say go around, go around the neighborhood. Just, you know, I, I know I only have a three-year-old, but I would sure love to have some help around the house and I'd probably pay some good money for that. So I'd say ask the family. Yeah. And, and that's very important too, to, and to maybe involve your community into that, uh, I know through uh, our church, uh, I've I've gotten our kids involved with earning money when they were younger, uh, talking to uh, some of the widows within our church that maybe they need some stuff done around the house and 
that kind of thing and being able to talk to them or going to, you know, a neighbor's house, maybe somebody, an elderly neighbor you have and shoveling snow, you know, if they're age appropriate, that type of thing. But I think you bring up a a great point. I love the idea of the monopoly money because that's also a way to do it without being overly financial, you know, not actually having to dole out the, but you can, you can teach the concept of, and I'm guessing that's the point behind it, right? Right. Yeah. Just to, just to learn that you have to work for your money. It's not handed to you just to kind of start to instill that within the youth at a young age. Now, I know one thing that doesn't get talked about often enough is saving money. What can we do to teach our kids about saving? I think really the main thing would just be to talk to them about it. So for example, after they're, you know, earning this money, um, maybe talk about their goals. You know, is it a $60 video game that they're wanting? Um, how much do they think they can, they can save up in a month? That's $20 a month. That's a three month savings goal. Um, I think it's just good to talk about this with your kids, maybe practice it. You could write it down. Um, and also this goes ahead and it delays the gratification of spending right away, which I think is a good muscle to grow as you get older. Um, just learning to wait for something that you want. And then also, um, by the time that they're able to save that $60 or whatever it might be, um, they may not want it any longer once they see how long it took and how hard it was to earn that money and save that money. And it's funny, too, because during that period of when they're saving for the money, something else may pop up that catches their interest and they have to make that decision. Do I take the money that I'm saving and put it towards that field trip to the zoo with the school Or do I continue saving the money towards that video game? I think that's such a great lesson. And and, and you're right about delaying that gratification process uh, to really show do they really want it or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now let's move on to uh, our teenagers a little bit and talk to them a little bit about money. Um, what's one thing that, what's, what's the first thing that probably we should start talking to our teenagers about and getting them involved in the money? I think it would be good to start out by opening a bank account for your teenager. Um, you would have to, they would have to have a parent or guardian on the account in order to do this. But um, by this time, they should have a little bit of savings, whether it be from, you know, the neighborhood, allowance, maybe holidays, things like that. Go ahead and get that in the account. And then, you know, in this day and age with online banking, you could set them up with online banking, go ahead and get them a debit card and kind of just give them the opportunity to watch their spending, see where their money is going um, and just kind of, you know, get the feel of it because this day and age, a lot of times we're not working with cash. So I think it's really good um, just just to learn how to deal with the digital side of things and, and, and controlling and managing your money. And I think it's also important to teach them about checks too as well, because I know the first mm-hmm. time my children saw a check and they were like, what on earth is this? Right. <laughs> Right. So yeah, was, that would be something good to sit down at the kitchen table and just kind of go over that, order some checks, order some, order a debit card, you know. Right. You can work with your kids on that. Also, too, something that uh, teenagers uh, usually get involved with, and, and it kind of goes with what we were talking about with the younger kids, but they can go out and get a part-time job uh, after school or before school or getting uh, a summer job. I know my kids right now, uh, getting ready to come home from college or in the process of trying to secure summer employment uh, this upcoming summer. Right. Yeah, I think it's really important um, for the teenagers or, you know, as they're going into college to think about getting a part-time job or a summer job. Again, it just kind of 
you know, gets that work ethic going and it's nice to have that extra money. Um, but then also one thing in addition to that um, that I've seen uh, some parents doing is you could go ahead and open a custodial Roth IRA to begin investing. And what some parents are doing is matching, um, let's say their, um, their child earns $2,000 for the summer. Um, they might match that $2,000 and go ahead and invest that into a custodial Roth IRA and let it start growing in the market. Um, and over time, it will it will earn money without really having to do anything. Um, and it gives the gives the youth the opportunity to see how they can grow money, how they can save. Um, and I actually do have an example here to share with you. So if um, if a teenager were to make let's say $2,000 a year and they were to work um, from ages 14 to 17 in the summer, um, and then their parents went ahead and matched that $2,000 each year, so that's uh, $6,000, then actually that's $8,000 because 14 to 17. Um, by the time that they're 65 years old, that would grow to $244,463. So they would also have a jump start to their retirement if the parents are able to go ahead and match that That. And, money that they are earning. Right. And matching that too also shows them when they go out into the real world and get a job, you know, full-time job uh, uh, about their 401k if, if their employer offers that. Because, you know, I know a lot of uh, employers do matching up to a certain percentage of a 401k and that can kind of teach them about that. Right. Yeah. It gets you excited to see that your money, you know, and what it just, it, it grows without you having to do anything. And what they have on on their side is time. They're so young. A lot of people wait too long to start. Um, so if we could really get them excited about their money growing in the market um, without having to do really anything uh, at a young age, they're really going to be set up for life. And there's so many, like, um, I was actually went out there when, when you had mentioned that about the custodial Roth IRA. Um, out there, there's bank calculators that you can go and estimate and uh, I think the average return on on a Roth IRA, I think, is seven percent. Is that about right? Yes, and that and that's what I have in that example that I just gave you. That assumed a seven percent rate of return, um, and that's about the average historically in the market. Right. So, I mean, if you were if you if you take you know three thousand dollars per year invested into your 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 Roth IRA, and then go all the way to retirement. Um, you know, I mean, you were talking some pretty good money uh, for retirement. I think it was almost close to a million dollars, if I wasn't mistaken. Oh yeah, it's 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 so exciting, and it doesn't it doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, I wish I could go back and teach myself this when I was younger, um, but it's just such a missed opportunity that you know we could be teaching the youth about and getting them started, and you know they really would have such a jump start on retirement. I know. I wish I, I, you just took the words out of my mouth talking about, I wish I would have known that of all the money that I spent on clothes and cars <laughs> and and girls and, you know, and all that stuff. I, you know, I'd, I'd look back and go, man, if I just would have invested just a little bit back then, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, is live ne or something along the lines of live like no one else now. So later you can live like no one else. Um, right, it's, right. It's such a, it's so, so true and so good. I, you know, we need to, we need to talk because I, I, it's not talked about enough finances with our kids. I wish, I wish it was a mandatory high school course. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just I even, do, I, do as well. I mean, t- talking about checking, talking about savings, talking about 401ks, talking about IRAs, talking about everything that we can do for, for yourself once you get out in the real world to help prepare yourself as you go down the road and prepare for retirement, prepare for, you know, because I'm one of those people, I like to pay cash for, for most everything that I do. And, and that's only mm-hmm. developed over the last 10 years or so. I've really gotten smart about it. Um, here over the last 10 years. And like right now, you know, I, I want to go out and, um, you know, in a couple of years, I'm going to, we're going to need a new car. So I'm, I'm saving now so that I can go into a dealership and go, I'm going to pay cash for it and not have to finance it, not have to do that, but just really, you know, these types of things. Let's move on to mm-hmm. our, our older, older kids, maybe the kids that are getting ready to graduate high school, maybe those who are in college. Um, give us a tip of what these um, young adults should be thinking about at this level. So I think one of the big things, and kind of like you mentioned with your car example, um, is just to avoid debt at all costs. Um, when you're becoming an adult, it's so exciting to go out. Um, you can sign up for credit cards. You can purchase a new car. Um, it, it can just really add up if you're not careful. Um, but the interest that is charged on this money will actually work against you, which um, is kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about, the interest you were earning on your investments. So like you mentioned, I would say, you know, only buy it if you have cash for it now. Um, if you do have to take out student loans, I would say to minimize that as much as possible by applying for scholarships, um, potentially having a part-time job. There is the option to go to a community college for the first couple of years and then transfer to a university. You can always look online and make sure that the courses do transfer over um, before you go and do that or even living at home. But I would just say avoid debt at all costs. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's for the most part, pretty easy to get financial aid to an extent to, to go to college. And then when you get out of college, I see these stories on the news all the time. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debts. And, um, you know, I've, I, I, it was funny. I remember my kids being in middle school and they had teachers that would talk to them and tell them the perils of student debt. And they were in their fifties uh, these two women who mm-hmm. were who were teaching at their school, they were in their 50s, and they were still paying on their student loans. Yeah, it's that interest. I mean, a lot of times you make that minimum payment, and you're really just touching that interest. You're not hitting the principal, and it's just hard to pay it off. So just try to avoid it altogether if you can. And there's um, and there's a lot and, and there's a lot of money out there available through scholarships and grants too. It just takes some work to do it. It does. It does. And, you know, because, I mean, you may have to write an essay, you may have to write this, you may have to do this, fill out this form. Some are pretty easy to do, fill out this form and boom, you know, maybe you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's a lot of money available out there. You just have to go looking online and take the time and take the effort and do it. Right. Give right. A, give just a, have to buckle down. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and give us, a, go ahead and give us another tip for our, for our young adults and in, in what they should be thinking about when it comes to money and finances. Okay, so the next tip I have here is to go ahead and start budgeting. So um, a good way to avoid debt is to make sure that you're budgeting out your income and your expenses. So an example that I had that I thought I could talk about was um, when I was in college, I had a certain amount of money to last me over the semester. So what I did is I divided that amount of money by the number of weeks in the semester, and then I knew how much I could spend each week. 
Um, so it's, it's just good to get in the, in the habit of using a budget, even and even though now that I'm more financially stable, I still do it to this day, just because I want to know where my money goes. Um, but that's, that's a great tip, I think, is just to budget out your money so that you don't overspend. And you're telling your money what to do as opposed to your money telling you what to do. Correct. Yes, exactly. You know, I, it, it's amazing how we can, and you can get, you can go down this rabbit hole so quickly nowadays right. if, you, if you're not careful. Next thing you know, you, you uh, I remember, uh, and, and I know I'm kind of dating myself on this, but an episode of Friends uh, when Joey went out on his own for the first time and didn't have a roommate and he was he got fired from his job and he had no income coming in and he ended up having to move back in with Chandler and he was going through and they were repossessing stuff out of his home and he had bought an, a, a three thousand dollar glass parrot and you know, he was like oh you know I I didn't mean you know he goes it was an impulse buy it was right next to the register and uh, stuff like that but it's amazing you know and they were looking at the credit card bill and they said oh my gosh that's what I owe and he's like no that's the minimum payment this is what you owe and he was right. flabbergasted I mean because you can go down that rabbit hole so quick and find yourself in debt so quickly nowadays if you're not right. careful. All right, why don't you go ahead and give us one more tip uh, for those young adults? So my last tip would just to go ahead and be continuing. If you're already doing the custodial Roth IRA, go ahead and continue on with that as a Roth IRA. Um, once you're 18, um, you just have to have some type of earned income. Uh, and I do prefer Roth because it is taxed up front. So all the earnings off of your initial investment are not taxed when you take them out at retirement. So that's the upside to the Roth. Um, rather than the traditional IRA. And then if and when um, you are able to participate in your company's 401k plan, like you mentioned, I say start as soon as possible. Um, a lot of times it's a year after you begin contributing with your company and they will match a certain percentage. Usually it's somewhere between two and 4%. Um, and I say at least try to contribute that amount because it really is free money that your company is matching to help you save for retirement. Um, but I, I would say just continue on investing. Go ahead and just, just keep doing that for the long haul. And that's part and that's part of your benefit package uh, for working for that company is that 401k match. If you don't right. do that, you're 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 passing on free benefits that the, that your right. company is providing to you. So uh, you right. know, I, I encourage uh, anybody that's you know that has the opportunity. Uh, for a 401k, because where where are we in this country with with Americans uh, being uh, having uh, opportunity to invest in a 401k with their employers? I thought I thought I heard a number somewhere. Wasn't it 60 percent? I think. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not certain on that. Okay, I, somewhere in that neighborhood, I thought I remember uh, somewhere in that neighborhood of 60 percent uh, of, of Americans had an opportunity to. Uh, invest in their 401k. And of course, this is all I mean, it sounds it sounds about right, you know, but I would say very few even contribute up to that match percentage. Right. And 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 yeah. I think the hardest thing may be for our young adults is thinking towards the future because you don't think about the future until it really mm -hmm. gets in the future. Right. Right. Because there's, I mean, there's so many expenses that you're going to have somewhere down the road, medical expenses, prescription drug expenses, living expenses, 
you know, when, you know, when do you want to retire? Do you want to, re, you know, take an early retirement and, and live off of your, you know, IRA or, or 401k or, or whatever, right? Right. And I think that's where, you know, learning the basics of earning money and budgeting, how much everything costs, um, it'll really put it into perspective for them and hopefully get them more motivated to work towards this as they move into their adulthood and continue investing. Um, I think it could really set them up for the future. And then I did actually, I had one extra tip that kind of, um, it kind of falls in maybe to the teenager and also the becoming adult group. And that's to follow personal finance pages on social media. This is something that I do. I love it. Um, I'm already on social media. So why not when I'm scrolling through, just, you know, learn some extra tips on personal finance. You don't really have to go out looking for it. It's just right there in front of you. Um, and I've learned so much just from experts online that I follow through social media. And that's the thing too, is, 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 is finding people that number one, you trust finding sites right. that you trust to be able, cause I mean, there, you know, I, I, we had this conversation with, with our certified strength and conditioning coaches and our nutritionists is that there's a lot of good out there, but there's also a lot of rubbish. Right. So just be careful right. in, in what you're following. And, you know, if it's kind of sounds a little too good to be true, it probably is, but find yourself right. some reputable, you know, places to, to follow along and, and you can learn so much and there's so much to learn. Like I said, I, mm -hmm. I, I wish that there was a high school course, mandatory, mandatory talking about finances, at least for a semester. Right. I think and I, I actually at West Virginia university, the personal finance course um, in accounting, it was optional. Um, so it's, it wasn't even required then. So that, that would be great because even into college, you know, a lot of this stuff is still so confusing. Yeah. If you, if you need an elective of some sort, I think that would, that would be a great, great place to, to, to do that. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, valuable, valuable, I mean, finances and money and learning about, cause you're going to deal with it your entire life. Um, mm -hmm. You might as well get some, some good basic foundation underneath you. But some wonderful stuff here today, Erica. I thank you so much for coming on to the program. Like I said, uh, you know, we're trying to help our youth soccer players both on the field and off the field. And I think this is something that uh, we, you know, our youth players can take a few tidbits of knowledge and, and information from you, hopefully put it into practice, and hopefully it'll be something that they'll be able to take with them uh, as they go into the future. So thank you so much, Erica. Erica Lee, Treasury Management Officer at Polka Valley Bank. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.